0: In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear dear saints, dear sinners found by Jesus, this sermon has collected a few extra titles in the last couple of days. Found by Jesus is the first. Repentance and joy is the second. And Happy Father's Day is the third. If there was one thing that made the Pharisees and scribes the most upset with Jesus, it was this. He ate with sinners. He rubbed shoulders with the unholy. He talked with tax collectors. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He received them. He ate with them. And the Pharisees, who thought they would keep themselves holy by keeping a distance, they hated it. They grumbled about it. They complained. You can bet that these Pharisees went home at night and told their wives about the absolute disaster that Jesus was, how he broke just about every human tradition for staying holy that they had invented. These Pharisees, because of Jesus and his eating with sinners, these Pharisees had absolutely no joy at all in what Jesus was doing and what he was saying. And the reason is because they did not think that they were sinners. They thought that Jesus, if he was really the Messiah, should spend all of his time with them, the holy, the upright, the righteous. So Jesus has, for the Pharisees, some parables. Parables that make a distinction between sinners who repent and those who think they are righteous and need no repentance. They are these three marvelous parables of our Lord Jesus that Luke has for us in chapter 15. And and these three parables are simply some of the most sublime and wonderful words in all of the Scriptures. We've heard the first two parables already. The parable of the lost and found sheep The parable of the lost and found coin. And Jesus tells a third. We'll hear it now. The lost and found son. All of these parables are about repentance and about joy. Hear then the words of Jesus. A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered his possessions, left home for a distant country, and there squandered his property by wild living. When he had spent it all, a severe famine came over that country, and he started to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the hogs. And he would have been glad to fill up on the pods that the hogs were eating but no one would give him anything. Then he came to his senses. And said, how many of my father's hired men have more food than they can eat? And here I'm starving to death. I'll start out and go to my father and tell him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I don't deserve to be called your son anymore. Make me one of your hired men. So he started out and went to his father. And while he was still far away, his father saw him and felt sorry for him. And he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Father the son told him. I've sinned against heaven and against you. I don't deserve to be called your son anymore. Make me one of your hired men. Hurry, the father told his slaves. Bring out a robe, the best, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf, kill it, and let's eat and celebrate. This son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found, and they started to celebrate. Now his older son was out in the field. As he was coming in, he got near the house. He heard music and dancing. Calling one of the servants, he asked what was going on. Your brother's home, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf and because he got him back safe and sound. Then he, this oldest son, became angry and wouldn't go in. So his father came out and begged him, but he answered his father, all these years I've been working like a slave for you and have never disobeyed your order and you never gave me even a little goat to celebrate with my friends. But as soon as a son of yours came back who devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Son, the father said to him, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. What a fantastic text for Father's Day. This merciful father, who receives back His Son. This, of course, is a picture of our God and Father. But I understand that many people have trouble with the fact that God calls Himself our Father. I've heard this a number of times. My Father, people say, was aloof. He didn't care. My Father was never around. My father treated me severely, or something even worse than this. And so they say, I have so much trouble with the fact that God would call himself our father. Now it's true that each of us has a father that is a sinner, and each of us fathers are also sinners. This vocation of being a father Which is, make no mistake, one of the most important vocations given among mankind. This vocation is a difficult one. And we see in our own society the loss of this vocation. The loss of fathers. Families with no fathers. And this is a painful and an agonizing loss. So we pray for our fathers. For our own fathers, if they are still on this earth. And as a church, we want to do everything that we can to support and uphold fathers, to thank fathers for serving their families, for teaching their children the Lord's Word and the Catechism, for loving their wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her, for the world and the devil, which hate everything good, everything that God gives, hates fathers who are praying for their families and serving them as the Lord wills. The devil hates mothers who pray for their children and honor their husbands and tenderly care for their children. The devil, make no mistake, the devil hates children who honor their father and mother. Who serve and obey them, who love and cherish their parents. The devil hates all of these good things and, and is constantly assaulting them, beating them down, dishonoring them, and making the office of father and the office of mother and the office of child distasteful, dishonoring the institution of the family. It is in the church, then, it is here that these marvelous vocations are honored and upheld where we thank God for the gift of family and we pray to God that He would give patience and joy to fathers and to mothers and to children, that families would live together in the name of Jesus, in love and in joy. But we all know that that's not always how things go. And it brings us back to the point of God calling himself Father. Let's be very, very clear here. This does not mean when God calls himself our Father. This does not mean that what your father was like, well, that's how God is. If your father was severe, then God is severe. If your father was disengaged, then God doesn't care. No, that's getting it exactly backwards. For earthly fathers ought in their own vocations to reflect the love and care of our heavenly father. So when we want to know what our father in heaven is like, when we want to know how he treats us, what he thinks of us, we do not look to our earthly fathers. We look instead to the Scriptures. That is where our Father will show us what He means when He says that He is our Father. And there's no better text for this than the parable that we have before us. The parable of the prodigal son. Or the parable of the lost and found sons. Or perhaps the best name, the parable of the merciful Father. For this parable is certainly more about the Father than it is about the sons. Just like the first parable we heard is more about the shepherd than the lost sheep, and the second is more about the widow than it is about the coin, these parables are about your Jesus and His Father in heaven. It's about the God who comes looking for you and who finds you and who rejoices in that finding. You might remember last year when we had this parable that we pointed out what Jesus is teaching is that the Heavenly Father wants sons and not slaves. Remember this? For both of the boys in the parable come back to the Father and think that that they are His servants and that He is their master. The first son, when he's, when he's lost everything out in, in his debaucherous living in the foreign country, comes back and has this rehearsed speech where he's going to say to the father, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. But the father does not want slaves, he does not want slaves, he wants sons. And so as soon as the son says this, he says, enough of that, kill the fatted calf, get him all the things that a son should have, a robe and a ring and shoes on his feet. And the second son has the same problem. For when he's coming back to the house and he hears this rejoicing and all of this feasting, he gets upset and and is outside pouting, and the father comes to him and begs him to come in, but he says to the father, all of these years I've worked for you like a slave. The second son, too, thought of his father as the master and of himself as the slave. But this father is not interested in having slaves, but sons. He says even to the second son, the very first word he says is this, Son, have have you not been with me all of this time? Everything that I have is yours. You're my son, not my servant, not my slave. And this, dear saints, is your heavenly father. He does not want you as his slaves but as His children. And to to make sure that you are His children, He gives you everything that is His, eternal life, righteousness, the forgiveness of all of your sins. Every every treasure of the kingdom of heaven, He has given to you as your inheritance, as proof of this. You are not His slaves, but but His sons, His daughters. And because of this, He is full of joy. He rejoices over you. He is full of love for you, you, sinner, you. He loves you so much that he doesn't just come to you. He doesn't just walk to you. He doesn't even just jog to you. He sprints. If you'll permit me, I'll, I'll tell a little personal story. Many of you have met my dad. This is a story about him, an event that he probably doesn't even remember. Growing up, we had a wooden fence that, that went around the backyard, and my brothers and I would always pretend that These were the castle walls, and we were the sentries standing guard all around the fence. And we would stand on the rail that went across the top and peek our heads over like this. Well, I remember there was one hot summer day when my my brothers and I were standing guard duty on the fence, and I was on one side, and my little brother was on the other side looking over the fence, and he, he wasn't wearing a shirt, and he slipped And he scraped his chest against the top of the fence and he fell to the ground and he let out this terrible scream. Now, my brother was fine. Uh, Some of you have also met my brother and you know that he's a pretty tough little fella and a lot of worse things happened to him when we were growing up. He was fine. But this is why I remember this particular incident. Because my dad, who was on the other side of the yard, heard my brother's scream. And he ran as fast as he could. I had never seen him move this fast. I mean, at a dead sprint, he he raced from one side of the yard to the other and he scooped up my little brother and he held him in his arms and he brought him inside to take care of him to make sure everything was all right. And there I was watching this before I even knew what was happening. My dad was from here to there. And at that time, I must have been nine years old or something. At that time, my thought was, wow, dad's fast. (laughs) But thinking about it now, That's not really the point, is it? Dad cares. Dad loves. Dad is there to take care of my brother, to take care of me. Dear saints, this image of the father running is what we should have in our mind when we hear the parable of the prodigal son. God sprinting to you. For when he sees you far off, he sees you in your sin. He sees you in his in in your misery. He doesn't just walk to you. He doesn't wait for you to get back to Him. He takes off at a dead sprint, a flat-out run, robes pulled up with a smile on His face, full of joy for you, to have you as His dear child, His blessed and beloved son or daughter. The Heavenly Father comes to you And if you're wondering what this looks like, what God at a breakneck speed looks like, if you really want to know what it looks like for God to be kicking up dust behind Him as His his hair is being blown back in the wind and His robes are ruffling behind Him, if you really want to know what it looks like for God to race to you and come to you and scoop you up in the arms of His mercy, then just imagine, dear saints, Jesus on the cross, dying. For that is the mercy of your God for you. May this be your comfort and your peace, now and forever, in the name of Jesus. Amen.